Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 297. CFL season's coming to an end. Semifinals are in the book. Finals are next weekend. Wow, we're almost out of football. What are we going to do in the offseason? Talk about Mike Riley, free agency, the draft. Coaches are going where? What coaches are coming here? I don't know. We're going to talk about a whole pile of things. But in the meantime, we still have football. Not just any football, playoff football. Playoff football in the CFL. Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, my team's out. I don't care. I'm a fan of football. Who am I going to cheer for now? That's the big ticket, you know? Who are you going to cheer for? I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards the Red Blacks. Um, But, you know... I, the Eastern Division totally, absolutely sucks, and we know that. Everybody knows that. Nobody can, even the Eastern guys, they, they, they don't want to admit it, but they have to because the Eastern Division sucks. So for Ottawa to actually win the Grey Cup again, uh, it would just, like, give them more ammunition to say, ah, see, we don't suck, we don't suck. Well, yeah, well, you do suck, okay? So, you know, so I don't really want the Red Blocks to win. Winnipeg. Winnipeg is way too much fun. Winnipeg fans are way too much fun to bug about 28 eight years and counting since their last Grey Cup victory. So I really don't want them to win because I'd like to see it go 29, 30, 31, 32, because that would be just absolutely hilarious. Okay. Uh, So yeah, no, I I don't really want Winnipeg to win and Calgary. Nobody really wants Calgary to win except Calgary Stampeder fans. Cause you know, everybody's tired of their dominance of the, of the league and, and then they shit the bed air come playoffs all the time. So we're just, everybody is just kind of going, yeah, we want to watch Bo Mitchell, Bo Levi Mitchell, choke again, right? Because that's what we're expecting. We're expecting Calgary to come into the Western Finals and choke. Or maybe beat Winnipeg and then go to the Grey Cup and choke. So that's kind of what we're expecting. So really, and, you know, no, Hamilton just beat my Lions, so I have absolutely no way I could cheer for them. Uh, no, they didn't just beat them. They they, they, they spanked them. No, they molly them. So, uh you know, hey, I I really don't I don't want any team to win the Grey Cup right now, but I still want to watch football. So I I have to. I got to watch the games. I didn't even watch the games this weekend because I was way too busy cutting firewood. And uh, you know, it, it's stupid having a football game at ten o'clock in the morning. Why don't we have them at like four thirty, five o'clock when the sun goes down? You, you guys got to go inside and everything else, and it would be so much better. But you know, hey, I understand that when the sun goes behind the cloud back east, it gets cold and uh, little pussies don't want to sit in the stands. So they want to be out in the stands during the sun shines out. So I understand that. Uh, get a dome. Uh, so, yeah, so let's, uh, let's get in and pull the guys in and talk football. we got a full slate tonight. Well, le- less Chris, but we haven't seen him in a while. I haven't heard from him in a while. So uh, let's open up some mics here and see who we got. We got, uh, Oh, Charles, Charles Cliff, how you doing, Hello. buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? I get, you know, I'm not feeling all that good today. I it's got nothing no. to do with that, that that terrible loss yesterday. I just kind of just 
tired of everything. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot going on in my life here, so I just I really want to go to bed. So we'll, well see how long we can stay here. You might end up closing off the show because my head, if my headache gets worse, I can't see anything leaving. Okay. Yeah. Well, to be honest, after um, uh, last uh, last yesterday's games, I actually got over it fairly quickly because, quite frankly, if you look at it, most of the quote unquote experts said that the Lions weren't going to make the playoffs, and some of them were saying the Lions were going to be the worst team in the league. So even though we are out in round one, we kind of exceeded expectations. So I'm not horribly upset with that. Obviously, I wanted to win. I think every fan wanted to win. And I thought going into the um, uh, game, we were going to win. <laughs> Little did they know what we were going to end up with. But you know what? There's always next year. That's the thing. We'll be back again. So, Well, I'm, I'm more excited, you know, is. and, and – Everybody says, yo, you know, you, you, you lost, yeah, you got beat up. I don't really care because, you know what, this just means that we're going to get change, and we're going to get mm-hmm. significant change. You know, if Lule came in and absolutely lit it up and took us to, you know, a, a one playoff victory, possibly even two, took us to the Grey Cup, you know, hey, hell, who knows, they could have won the thing. We, nothing would change. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd still we'd be coming back next year with Travis and Jennings, and we'd be coming back with most of the coaches, and we'd be coming back with no, no. We needed we needed to be absolutely embarrassed for uh, for some change to happen, and uh, I believe that the change is going to come, and it's going to come swiftly. I think so now. Yep, and a lot of it. I think this Lions team is going to look completely different come next June. Well, it will. They they have to hire a coach, and after they hired the coach. Then we'll mm-hmm. find out what coordinators and what assistants are going to stick around and which ones are going to be toasted. Because there's no reason right. to go off and start firing assistant coaches right now. You have to let the coach, head coach come in and decide who, who, who he wants and who he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I'd be pretty much uh, guaranteed that Dan DeRazio is gone. Yep. For the second probably time. not a, all that bad thing. No, not at all. Anyhow, we'll we'll talk more about the game later on. We're not actually talking about the game. We're talking about with the team going forward. But anyhow, let's. Mm -hmm. uh, We got the mics opened up here. Will, welcome to the show, buddy. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. Okay, so playoff football. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Anybody out there in 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 Radio Land that's listening to the podcast? Will is looking for some awesome Grey Cup tickets in Edmonton. So if you have any and you want to sell them or you know somebody that's selling them, let Will know, okay? Because he's been offered some seats, but, you know, quite frankly, I wouldn't have taken them there, like, in the nosebleeds in the end zone. And, uh, no, no, I wouldn't there have done are, there are some. There are some good ones. There are some good ones. Are you, have you found gotta... anything that you like? I found some good ones. Um, some, I think the latest ones are 55 yard line row 18. Okay. There you go. So that's not bad. um, I I just got to check with my CFO and see how much money I can spend. Okay. (laughs) So that's always the case, but my birthday is coming up next week. So, you know, you know, she might do something nice for me, I guess. (laughs) But I gotta decide. Um, yeah. 
So, but no, there's lots of tickets out there from the responses I got to the stuff I put on the on the CFL site. So, good, 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 good. So, so, so. I mean, you know, I mean, I kind of feel silly asking to buy tickets when I know I'm going to freeze my nuts off. But oh well. Yeah, and paying huge money for it too, you know. And I'm not, and I'm not looking forward to that aspect of it. Okay. So bring your snowmobile suit. You don't drink beer. Yeah, It'll I, be okay. I, I don't. I don't own a snowmobile suit anymore. I haven't lived in Winnipeg for thirty years. So, but I wonder if you could rent one. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll borrow Neil Krell's dinosaur suit because that's probably pretty hot inside. That's probably pretty warm. I, I yeah. think the banana one is better. <laughs> well, or, or maybe the penguin one. We'll see. We'll see. I could yeah. always, you know what? I could always buy a red sleeping bag, cut holes in the bottom of it, and be a stampeder sausage at the at the at the Grey Cup. You know what I mean? Yeah, I Neil almost got that. to do that too. right now. You, you can have that big wiener sticking out the bottom end. There you go. There you go. But yeah. Okay. Mark, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Doing really well. It's been a whirlwind couple of days, but uh, with the two bus trips. And Will, you might have company if the bombers make it. My wife and I were talking about that. If the bombers make it to the Grey Cup, we just may be going. So you never know. That's why. That's why I'm. That's why I'm looking for tickets now. Because you know what? It doesn't matter to me either or. I'm good. Calgary, yeah, exactly. Winnipeg. Yeah. The guys that run our bus tour have already said that um, they'll do another one for sure. They've got an in with good. the head office for tickets. So, good. Um. But, you know, it's been a long time since I did a bus trip. There's just something about tequila jello shots at 9.30 in the morning now. Oh, I forgot about this. It's not like you're 20 anymore, Mark. Sorry. Precisely. Trust me, I was drinking coffee. (laughs) I took a thermos of coffee. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was was fun. Well, and the nice thing... The nice thing is, if I go to the Grey Cup and you guys need rides anywhere because you're drinking, I'm a, I'm a, a non-drinker, so you have that's you why have I a want, DD. That's why I want you to come. Okay, you have a DD, Charles. No doubt about it. There we go. That's the idea. But if you throw up, but if you throw up, but if you throw up in my car, I'll beat you to death. Okay. That's <laughs> only happened once in my life, so that'll be you'll be all okay. right. I'm not a. I'm not okay. a heavy drinker, so it's not a big deal. Okay. Yeah. We had one of those on the bus. Thank <laughs> you. We were five minutes away. Like, like on that bus tour, Mark, were you like, were there young people, or were they mostly your age? Uh, early twenties to mid sixties. Okay. Older than dirt. Okay. Yeah, yep. there was a it, it was a real interesting um group on the bus, I'll put it that way. The dynamic was quite different. It was mostly the old people being rowdy. You know, I'm just 
just to chime in, I'm looking in here on the Weather Network. It's got a 14-day forecast, so I just looked ahead to the day of the Grey Cup. So it's minus, minus nine, six wasn't and sunny. It? Minus yeah. six and sunny. I don't mind that. It's not minus 30. What do I care? Yeah, but the Grey Cup doesn't start till what, 4 o'clock usually, 4.30? It's supposed to go down to minus 10. Yeah, and then the sun will be down, and then it just, just gets chilly, baby. But that's I'll, okay. I'll bring warm clothes. That's exactly yeah. what happened yesterday. Yeah. Thank, thankfully, we didn't get any wind at all, so that was the only saving it grace. Looked, it, looked, it looked cold there. That's all I can say is it looked cold. Yeah. Well, it wasn't cold enough to keep George Reed away. He, he watched. Yeah, I know. He was outside. sitting out. He was. Yeah, he was. I saw that. He was right behind us. He was oh, okay. right behind us. He spent the only time he went inside was halftime, and he was the only alumni that was out there. Okay, I, since cool. I have two admins on here from the Let's Talk Facebook group, I have a question Uh-oh. for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we've already kind of discussed this a little bit. I'll, I'll, you and I have anyhow, but um, uh, Charles wasn't it. There's a post by Brecken Gorst who um, <sighs> basically uses some vulgarity in his post right from the very beginning. I can't delete that comment without deleting the entire thread. And right now there's 58 comments on it. So it's, it's actually been a really good post, but, you know, he's got those stupid refs have left two of our goddamn quarterbacks hits to the fucking head without any call or anything. You can't, we can't leave this up in the group, but there's no, no we can't. need to edit it. And I can't mm-hmm. delete his comment without deleting the entire thread because this was the opening post. That's the problem. And it's yeah. a great discussion and inside the post. It's a mm-hmm. great discussion. And one day ago, exactly one day at 8 o'clock at night, um, I made a comment on it, which uh, basically said, uh, Gorst, you need to edit your original post to remove any swearing. If you do not, we will be forced to remove the entire thread. And that's not fair to the many people who have commented. If you do not remove the swearing in a timely manner, we are forced to remove the the thread. We will also be removing you from the group. Balls in your court. And uh, so that's been 24 hours. We haven't heard anything from him, and it has not been edited. Have I given him enough time for this to do this in a timely fashion? Do I delete this thread? Entire thread? A, a whole, a whole and take him out of the group? Yeah. But um, yeah, I think you, you think? do because I think you have to because uh, the rule it sucks because it deletes everybody else's comments. But yeah. I mean it is what it is. I mean it's a good thread, um, but it does violate the rules. So I get well, it's, it's just un- uncalled for, right? Yeah, and 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 but several people him on it have told him to mind his, his language, but you know nothing's ever changed, right? Mhm. Yep. Okay. I think you've given him enough warning. So if I delete the thread, I delete him because it's not fair to the group to to no for this level of censorship and leave that on to come in the in. Yeah, he's got to go too. Mark, what do you think? I agree. He's got to go. He's got to go. Unfortunate. It's unfortunate. So. 
Delete post and remove user. Delete all of posts for the last seven days. So that's just mean. It's just the guy just doesn't exist. And block member. Go there, dude. Bye-bye. Okay, sorry, that thread had to go. Okay, now on to more meaningful things. There was a football game yesterday. Actually, there was two. Actually, there was a football game yesterday, and then I'm not sure what the hell you call that first thing. Okay, Um, and as I said in my opening rant, more of a molly wop than anything, I honestly thought they would have played better football than that. Um, I think most people did. Yeah, you know, I think Hamilton thought they were going to play better football. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I uh, unfortunately, I get up in the more Sunday mornings, and I go outside, and I start working. I come in, have lunch, and I go outside, and I keep working, and I've got so much to do right now getting ready for winter. I was at a real dilemma because I wanted to watch this football game. It could have been the last football game of the BC Lions season. It, it could be the last football game that Wally Buono ever coached, and I really wanted to watch this game, but you know what? when you're working with other people and you got people helping you, you can't just disappear and watch a football game. So I, uh, I stayed outside and uh, we split up about four cords of firewood and did a bunch of other stuff and kept going. And I kept checking the phone for the, 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 the score and everything else. I went, fuck, am I ever glad I didn't waste my day inside watching football. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I didn't watch any of the game. I really, I, I didn't. Um, I, I I can't comment on it. I can't comment on how pathetic they were at. But when I looked at it, it said it was 44 nothing. I went, what the hell? How how does 44 nothing happen? It, it it's just you can't even kick a rouge. I I I saw like little segments because I'd come in for coffee or I'd come in for lunch and something, and I'd watch it and Ty Long missed a field goal and they ran it back out to the forty. I mean, how do you not get a point? Okay, so you know that's a bit of my rant on this game. I I got really nothing to say about the plays in it because I saw like three, and they were all depressing. So I'm going to let Mark go ahead here. God, did you did you watch any of it when you were in Regina? I didn't see any of it live. I did PVR it, so I watched the first half today. And like I said earlier, I just couldn't watch anymore. And, you know, it's not a shot or anything like that, but it was just BC did no. not show up. I, I understand you saying that. I, would, I do not blame you for not watching that football game. Yeah. I wasn't even paying attention to it on my phone yesterday, and the first comment I saw about the game was Charles posting, I'm going for a nap. I thought, oh, I think I need to check the score. And, and we just kept checking after that. And like you said about the 44 nothing, it was like, oh, God, really? Um, but from watching it today, it was the DC Lions Achilles heel that killed them. That defensive line, it's great at getting sacks, but it's barely Canadian college at stopping the run. Yeah, it's true. And is it the defensive line that's supposed to stop the run, or is that your linebackers? Well, it should be I mean, both. come on. Got, yeah, you've got your, the linebackers you know, you've that are supposed to plug tackles. the holes. The nose tackle supposed to plug that middle. 
Alex Green had just a wave every time he went through the line. There was guys all around him, and they were all his own players. Yeah. Hamilton just did a great job on the line. Well, um, we knew, we all knew how you beat the BC Lions. That's run the ball. And what did Hamilton do? Right down their throats. Every time I, I guess watched, they, it was... guess they watched the game film. And I still think part of BC's lackluster, could you say, uh, away record. It's not yeah. so much the cold. It's not so much the cold. Mm-hmm. It's the field conditions. You've got the wind. You've got cold, and that field is slippery. They're not used to it. The Hamilton players are. I, I don't believe that. Backs flopping I, everywhere. I don't believe no that footing. because BC Lions practice on real turf outside. They do, yep. But okay. not in the wind and the snow. Wow. It's they, a completely you, different vibe. Yeah. Well. And Hamilton Hamilton's D line won the game. There was B C had no chance after it was seven nothing. You could kind of see it, especially when it went to fourteen, it was just uh oh. You could see it. They had no answer for anything. And uh, Hamilton getting out to that huge lead, they couldn't run. BC couldn't run the ball now, and the defensive backs just blanketed everybody. It was a complete beatdown on all sides of the ball. It really was. Go ahead. That's it. Well, did you have the opportunity? Did you bother? Uh, you know, you know what? I was looking so forward to playoff football on Sunday that I did everything I needed to do, and I said to my wife, "I'm in the basement, six hours of football on Sunday," and she was good with that. And two minutes into the third quarter, I go upstairs, and she's like, "Why are you up here?" I said, "Hey, maybe we should go out for a couple hours because." I don't have to watch this anymore. You know what? It was one of those games where I'm sure there was effort from BC. Okay. I'm sure there was effort from BC. They're professional football players, but nothing worked for them. It's that simple. Hamilton was Hamilton. Everything worked for Hamilton. Nothing worked for BC. And when you get those games, there's nothing you can do about it. It's just it's just over, okay? And it's too bad Wally had to go out like that, but it is what it is. And I'm sorry they got they got Molly Wop, they got they got whatever you want to call it. It was just not pretty whatsoever, and it really is too bad. And uh, there's not much more you can say, okay? No, I mean. There's not much more you can say. I mean, I mean, you know, they can. You can say that that uh, you know Luke Tasker, for example, is slow of foot. But you know what? When he's in the end zone against a linebacker, he's gonna win every single time. Mm-hmm. And uh, his first touchdown, 
I don't know what the BC guy was thinking, but holy crap, he uh, he was all by himself. The guy went way in one way, Tasker went the other way, and he was all by himself. Mm-hmm. And I and I I I wish I could say there was something positive there, but there wasn't anything positive. And did Hamilton play good? Sure, they did. Uh, are, are they going to play that good against Ottawa, or is Ottawa a better team than BC? I guess they might be. So we'll see what happens in that game. I, 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 it's very, that, that's going to be really hard to call because, I mean, Mazzoli looked good. The running game looked good. Um, the receivers looked good. That, that guy that they have, I can't remember his name, that came out of nowhere. Addison. Addison, they're calling him, they're calling him Speedy A now. Okay. And he's been around there for a while. And, he looked pretty freaking good, no doubt about it. You know, and I and I do think uh, BC has a good defensive backfield, so it just it just wasn't their day. Just wasn't their day. You could you could make all kinds of excuses. Let's just say it wasn't their day. So yeah, no, no agreed. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I don't want to say they should make wholesale changes in BC because I don't think BC needs wholesale changes. I really don't I, I think, think they're they going to get wholesale changes. changes. Obviously, we've lost our head coach, right? Yes. And yes. more than likely, Travis Lule and or Jonathan Jennings will not be back. There's a very good possibility or, that Manny Arsenault is not coming back, and there's a very good possibility Solomon Aluminium is not coming back. So right. those are those are wholesale changes, man. That is your yep. marquee side of this team, right there. And you know what? The other thing for me, I don't think, I don't think this year Jarius Jackson did anything great, to be honest with you. So I mean, and and if you think about it, whoever the head coach is, he likes to bring in his own assistants. And, and I think oh, yeah. the only guy. The only guy who should stay, but I don't know if he's going to retire because Wally retired is is uh, Dan. Uh, what's his face? Dan Durazio. The offensive line coach, Durazio, because him and I, Wally I have he, been. He 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 needs you know, to go. I mean, BC hasn't had an O line in, in in a decade. Yeah, and you can only coach what you're given, but still. I still think he's a great coach. So. Uh, I, you but, know, at one point I'm, in time, I, I, you know what? Wally was a great coach at one point in time. Do you still believe that he's a great coach? He's the winningest coach. No argument there. But is he a great coach still? He's been out coached. I don't know how many times this year. And, and yesterday was a prime example. And it is, I don't know whether it's lack of effort, uh, lost the edge, not quite playing with a full deck. I, I don't know what it is, but he's been yeah, badly outcoached this year. But I, I don't believe you lose things like that. Okay, I, I believe that in order to be a good coach, you have to have a good team. And I don't necessarily think that's a great team. Well, so, okay, I, and I'm not going to argue with you there because you're right. But, um, you know, up till this year, he was the GM. Yeah. 
So, you know, it, it, it falls on his doorstep, doesn't it? Sure. And, I mean, guys do get tired, and they, they I mean, get let's disinterested. Face it. Well, let's face it. Wally had nothing. Wally hasn't had anything to prove for the last five years. No. Because he's done it all. Okay? So, I don't know if that's a good position to have or not. You know, I mean, maybe he should have hired a head coach and concentrated on the other issues for a while. I don't know. We'll never know. But he can walk off into the sunlight, sunset, and and I'm sorry, his body of work is is uh, is unapproachable. So, oh, I, without question. And you know, one of his comments that he said at the end of this game, he says the good thing about retirement is I never have to leave a game with this feeling again. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Charles, come in and talk about this game. Oh, it was such a tough one to watch. Such a tough one to watch. I, I'm proud of you. Lining. I'm proud of you Bo- for watching it. I watched it right through. We were out at Jimmy Max yesterday, um, and I watched it beginning to end. It borderlined on embarrassing, but you know what? I stuck with it right on the final whistle. Uh, that was more out of respect to Wally Buono than anything else. But uh, in all honesty, it was. On the Lions' first drive, after Hamilton scored on their first drive, and then the Lions got the ball off the kickoff, and on the very first play, Travis Lule fumbles. At that point, I'm thinking, uh-oh. We've seen this story I, before. At that point, when I saw that, I'm like, uh-oh, I kind of think I know where this is going, and it went exactly that way. 21 to nothing at the half, uh, after the first quarter. And I'm like, uh, this is looking a lot like the last time we were in Hamilton when they got beaten 40-10. to 10. The result worked out even worse this time, 44-8. Uh, to eight. Oh, God. But, you know, uh, as I was 40, saying... 48 I, was the final score, 48-8. to 40-8? to eight? I, 44, Was it 40? I thought it was 44. No, I think it was 48 is the, was the final score here. Yeah, it was 48-8. Yeah, eight. it was 48 you know yeah, 48, so it was even worse. They lost by 40 this time instead of 30. But, uh, yeah, it was Hamilton. We're, Mark had mentioned that they didn't stop the run. They weren't stopping the pass either, by the way, because Jeremiah Mazzoli was basically finding receivers at will. Uh, whoever he wanted to throw to, he threw to it. The Lions were getting them, the uh, Ticats, uh, three or four times, got them in second and ten second and 12. I think it was second and 14 one time. And Hamilton was getting the first down every time. They weren't being able... It was just nothing. Um, nothing uh, went well for the Lions. Um, you knew basically by the end of the first quarter that that game was over and the Lions were done, but uh, yeah, it was a tough one. Uh, there's going to be big changes with the BC Lions uh, very clearly. I think both Lule and Jennings are g- probably gone. I think Manny's gone. I think Sully's gone. Maybe a couple of more, but, uh, I mean, we can get into that more later date of who's coming and who's going, but it was a bad game. Hamilton, well, I saw one guy, I think it was Farhan Lalji or something like that, saying that uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli didn't even need to have a shower after that game because the Lions – 
got no pressure on him whatsoever. Um, I said during, I think during the the preview last week, that for the Lions to be successful, they were going to need, um, uh, what's his name, Terrell Sutton, to be a, a big factor in the game. He had six carries for 24 yards. But that's not all that surprising because once you fell behind, um, you had to start throwing the ball because they fell way behind really quickly. Uh, they were doubled down by double digits before Travis Lule had thrown his first pass. So at that point, you really don't have um, you really don't have a whole lot of run in you. And this Braylon Addison, this guy was a literal clone of Brandon Banks. He was catching anything thrown his way, and he is fast. So this guy, he he's taken advantage of the injury to um, uh, Banks, and that's another thing. When I heard before the game, Terrell Sinkfield was out. So they're missing Banks and Sinkfield. I thought, oh boy, this could be this could be a laugher. It was a laugher, all right, but not the way I thought. <laughs> not the way I thought it was going to be, but. Uh, it is what it is. Hal's is off to Ottawa, and Wally's off to his retirement. He'll probably go to Hawaii because he always does after every season. So good on him. He's earned it, and I uh, hope he enjoys his time. And uh, we're going to see some changes here with the Lions here pretty quick. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and just one other thing. For uh, the last couple of weeks, this discussion has come up about Wally's replacement all of you people, all of the people out there who are saying, oh, Mark Washington should be the replacement. Mark Washington, look at yesterday's game. Look who the defensive coordinator is for that game. You want that guy as our head coach? Sorry, he ain't ready. That's Three years ago, me. Mark Washington should have been fired. Two years ago, I said Mark Washington should be fired. Last year, I said Mark Washington should be fired. What do you think I'm going to say now? Mark Washington should be fired? You think? Yeah. No, don't make him a head coach. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing you do right now. Go find a head coach. Go grab Noel Thorpe. Go grab Mark Tressman. Go grab Orlando Steinauer. Go grab somebody. Somebody who's willing to, ready to make a play. Come on, Ed. Do some of that magic shit. Final score in this game was 48-8. to eight. Charles, you pick BC. Will, you pick BC. Mark, you pick BC. CJ, you picked Hamilton two to one. No, I didn't. I picked BC. We're all losers. No scars. No, no, no winner there. Everybody's a loser. Okay. On to the second game, the doubleheader. The Western semifinals for the 2018 CFL season pitted the Winnipeg Blue Bombers against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Saskatchewan, in Regina, at Mosaic Stadium. It's loud, it's big, it's pretty, but the Riders just, you know, they didn't have a team that looked good all year long. If their defense was not scoring points, they were not winning games. Fortunately, the defense scored points all season long. Okay? Didn't happen yesterday. 
that Nichols protected the ball quite well. Yeah, Winnipeg won the game. They're going on to play Calgary next week. Charles, go ahead. Last up, first up. Okay, well, I can sum up this game, this game in two words of why the Winnipeg Blue Bombers won this game. Andrew Harris. Because, quite frankly, the so-called stellar defense of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders had no answer for Andrew Harris. He literally ran all over them all day. And basically, they, he wore them down, and he and towards the end of the game, he ran out their clock. Uh, because they kept giving him the ball, he kept getting first downs. He was 100% the... Uh, the star of that game. He was the, he was the a linchpin there. Matt Nichols is okay, but he only had 169 yards. Um, he uh, Andrew Harris was the MVP of that game, and he's uh, I'm giving him a, a lot of the credit of why the Bombers won that game. A lot of the credit for why the Bomber won that game too goes to Brandon Bridge because he he played like Brandon Bridge. Um, look, the, the bomber, the Riders fans were fooling themselves if they thought they were going to go into that game with Brandon Bridge and come out with a win. Like CJ said, if the defense wasn't scoring points, they weren't winning that game. Guess what? The Saskatchewan offense scored a grand total of one offensive touchdown. Where have we heard this record before? This was a t- uh, an offense that had trouble scoring touchdowns all season long. It didn't change last. Year. It didn't change um, yesterday. Um, this team just was inept for the most part when it uh, was offense because they've got some decent receivers too. Uh, Naaman Roosevelt. Um, they had um, Cameron Marshall's a decent. Well, he's more of a running back, but. Um, Jordan Williams Lambert, hey, a rookie of the year candidate. He had one yep. catch for one yard. That's not going to get it done. And uh, the bomb, and give credit to the Bombers defense. They played very strong, gave up very little to this um, Saskatchewan team. But really, that Saskatchewan offense was piss poor. They weren't moving the ball. They weren't going to put up a lot of points. There was a point there where uh, the I believe the Bombers got up by about 10 points. I think they were up about 20, 22 to 12 or 22 to 11. I said, this game's over. They don't have the offense. It's not a huge deficit, but they don't have the offense to come back from this. And I was right. And, yeah, of course, we did have the incident near the end of the game, the hit on Brandon Bridge, which should have been a penalty, which should have been called. That should have been a 15-yard penalty. And it would have absolutely made zero difference to the outcome. I'm sorry, Ryder fans. If you were if you're staking your claim on that, that was not a difference maker. It should have been called. No question, it should have been called. It wasn't going to make a difference. It yeah. really wasn't. So don't try and um, uh, fill your head with grand theories about oh this would have made a difference. It wouldn't have. It was a bad call. But let's face it, this Rough Rider team was terrible offensively. And not just yesterday, most of the season. So, um, yeah, I'm not at all surprised by this uh, 
by this result. If anything, you maybe give the riders um, a little bit of credit for keeping it as close as they did. I didn't think it was going to be this close. I thought at the very least the Bombers would win by double digits. They only won by five. So kudos for them to keep it close, but this result did not surprise me in the least. So did the 18 points flatter the uh, Rough Riders, or were they earned? No, 100%. The the Bombers were the better team from start to finish. In fact, the Bombers probably should have put some more points up. But, I mean, give the the defense credit of the Riders credit that they did keep the score down. But I never had a feeling that the Bombers were really in that game. Or, excuse me, that the Riders were really in that game. They were close but I never thought that their offense was dangerous enough to make the comeback. That, that is a problem with Winnipeg is they really don't um, go for the jugular. You know, they just don't. I mean, yeah, they, they rolled up a couple of teams this year. They rolled up on Montreal quite good, but that was Montreal. Uh, but, mm-hmm. yeah, no, they never really just go out and, and abuse their, their opponent the way that they should be and, and the way the riders should have got abused. Because they're just, yep. they're, quite simply, they're just not a good football team. No. And uh, their their record flattered them all season, and it was basic, basically done on, on defense. And, like, uh, who was it? Uh, Willie Jefferson and uh, Charlton Hughes? Where were they? Where were they? What did they do? I, I They didn't do anything. Charlton Hughes got one tackle the entire game. And Willie Jefferson got a sack, give him that. Got actually a fourth fumble and got three tackles. They were they were non existent. That's just not simply not good enough. Nope. It's not when you when your defense scores points and your turnovers are one. Sorry. You're not gonna win games. They're just simply not going to win games. I mean, yeah, and Winnipeg, for credit, they got two, two interceptions. William, talk to football. Did you, well, did you, did you know what? The entirety, or did you miss the beginning? No, no, I, I, that that game gave me anxiety. Like there is no, as a matter of fact. I guess I was making so much noise in the third quarter. My wife calmly came down the stairs, picked up all the remote controls, and went back upstairs again. And I did not protest. Okay? <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm amazed. You guys were talking about Wally. Let's talk about Chris Jones for a minute. Okay? He's the GM He's the player vice president of player personnel or whatever, and he's the head coach. Okay? They had a – and he's up for coach of the year this year. Okay? They have nothing that resembles an offense. Nothing. They were – I was looking at, at stats, and they were seventh or eighth overall in a lot of categories on offense this year. How does that guy get coach of the year? I don't when know. You can't even find a, when you can't even find a quarterback, okay, to run an offense. That's not coach. I mean, the coach is not responsible for that. That's yeah, but a GM he's also job. the GM. 
he, he's responsible the GM for too. it. Okay. So, he's so the GM, GM of the year. Okay. We all know that he's not getting GM of the year. There's no such thing. But he wouldn't win it. I, I, you know what? I would have yesterday. I predicted the Bombers would win, and if the Bombers didn't win yesterday, I, I think Mike O'Shea should have been coached because Saskatchewan. I'm sorry, they were not a very good football team, and Winnipeg showed that. And I mean, I've also said if you go back in shows that that Saskatchewan was very susceptible to the run, and well, Andrew Harris ran over them yesterday. And the reason we didn't see Willie Jefferson and and Charleston Hughes is because they have Stanley Bryant and Hardrick. Who's the other tackle, Mark? Yoshi. Hardwick. No, the other offensive tackle. Hardwick. Okay, those two guys are on the side to Marcus. And they ate those guys. Okay? And it was not even close. And the only reason the score was close was because a couple of bomber defensive backs decided to pull some bonehead interference calls in the last quarter of the game, and that's why they got close. I, I, I think Winnipeg dominated them. To be honest with you, it may not show on the scoreboard, but they did dominate them. Okay, no doubt about it. So, there's not much more you can say. And I mean, to go into Saskatchewan and and win a game, that team's not very good. I'm sorry. And anybody can call me if they want to and argue with me. And the Brandon Bridgehead had nothing to do with the game. They had a rookie quarterback in there who didn't know what he was doing. And you would think, I mean, when he completed his first pass, that's the first pass he's completed since July. Come on, they should have had him in there more often. But they didn't, and uh, it showed. And they don't deserve to be in the Grey Cup. That's coaching. Yeah. Well, once again, once again, Chris Jones considers the offense as the uh, as the retarded stepchild, and he does not put any effort into it whatsoever. Okay, it's just there, and his defense is going to win games. Well, they didn't win the game yesterday. Okay, everybody out there in Radio Land, it's Will. Yeah, I'm sorry for McDonald's. making that remark. It's Will McDonald. Okay. Don't send them to Christopher. Send them to Will. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's my favorite. It's my favorite line, and I know you're not supposed to use that word anymore. Sorry. Yeah, it's not politically correct, my friend. No, no, and it's you not. You should know that. I I've traveled this path, okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, whatever. Anyways. Whatever, but whatever. All full, full value, full value to Winnipeg. Um, I don't think Winnipeg's offense is that strong because a really strong offense would have just destroyed the Riders yesterday. Agreed. And Andrew Harris played played a hell of a game, and considering that man has actually lost a step, he's not playing at his best because of his age. He's pretty amazing. You guys now finally get to see what he's like because you were so dead against him in BC. Now you find out actually how good he is. And and he was even better before. Okay, so moving on. Go ahead, Will. Okay. No. One of the other things, one of the other things, just the overall games, 
even the Hamilton game, you know, the announcers kept on saying, oh, Hamilton is being amazing because they lost, they lost Brandon Banks and they lost another receiver. Hey, guys, guess what? Calgary, Calgary lost all their starting receivers. They still finished first overall. Give me a break. Yes. So, as a Calgary Stampeders fan, okay, are you concerned about next week at all? Not even a tiny little bit. I, I know that you're 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 a Bomber fan, so if Winnipeg wins, everything's still okay for you. But do you do you think the the Stampeders are like totally outclassed right now in this Bomber team, or do you think the Stamps are going to step I, up? I don't. I don't. Sort and I apologize, Mark. I don't think Winnipeg. I don't think Winnipeg is a Grey Cup winning team. I'm sorry, I really don't think they are. And uh, you know what? Winnipeg or Winnipeg beat Calgary by eight points, and the game meant everything for Winnipeg and nothing for Calgary. And I'm sorry, I don't think it's. I don't even think. And I say this a lot of the Stampeders. Next Sunday, I don't think it's going to be close. Okay. Okay. Mark, step up to the plate. Tell us your story. You traveled. Um, You got on the bus. Everybody is saying the Bombers' offense didn't really dominate Saskatchewan. They ran a total of, I've got it written down here, the Bombers ran a total of 37 offensive plays in the second half. 29 of them were runs. Harris had 23. Strevler had five. Dembski had one. They ran the ball 29 times out of 37. That's domination. They beat Saskatchewan at their own game. Mm-hmm. They mauled the defense. The odd time that Nichols had to throw, he was making smart plays. He was making good completions. Uh Uh-oh, I'm getting rushed. He threw the ball away. They utterly dominated the Saskatchewan defense. The offense is what it is with Saskatchewan. We, We can all say the exact same thing. Our defense played well enough. A couple of bonehead plays. Um... Brandon Bridge, they should have just done what Winnipeg did. They should have just ran the ball, like Will said earlier. If they ran him all the time, the Bomber D-backs were in trail position every single time he got outside. Nichols did what he had to do, which was hand the ball off. The last two drives, I think it was, Strebler was the starting quarterback. Matt Nichols wasn't even on the field. This is a close, tight game. They have to get points. No. They had that ball the entire second half. That's really, it's about it. It was domination. Going forward, I'm a little concerned because Big Hill did not finish the game. And there are rumors that he broke his hand. And he's already being fitted for a playing cast. Is the last couple of things I've heard. It is straight up a rumor. 
but he's broken his hand before. He had surgery on it, and yeah. he was back playing football the next game. Yep. Well, you know he's not missing this Western semifinal. Not a chance. Yeah, no. Um, so you know him playing at fifty percent, I'm fine with. But when he went out, this Kyrie's Wilson kid, who's been on the practice roster all year, never heard of the kid. He came in, and they didn't miss a beat on defense. I know it's against a shitty offense, but that could easily have been exploited when you've got Kyrie's Wilson and Ian Wild as your starting linebackers in the middle. That could easily be exploited. Wasn't even noticed. I didn't even notice Big Hill didn't finish the game. It was a dominant... That's the most dominant I've seen them without scoring 40 points, 50 points. They just shut it down, and they closed the playbook down to three plays. Harris up the middle, Harris out to the left, and Strebler around the right. That's all they did in the second half. And I'll take that any day. That's it. Yeah, that was it. Final score was... 23-18 23-18 for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Okay, I haven't even looked to see who won this one. Uh, 23-18. to Wow. Charles, you were out by three. Uh, Will, you were out by a bunch. Uh, Mark, you were out by three. CJ, you were out by four. I was out by four and I still lost? Mm. Jesus. Me and Mark tied that one. Mark and I. That too. Charles, we're leading the playoff standings. Yeah. Charles slash Mark With got one. this one. With one. Yeah, that's it. You're in the lead, Charles. You got one. I'll take oh what my. I can get. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what do we about next? Anybody want to talk about anything different, or are we gonna just gonna follow the agenda? Come on, talk to me. Nobody says anything any interesting anymore. Okay, the CFL is dealing with the ramifications of another high hit. Is this going to be one of the league's priorities during the off season? Well, it's hang on. This is where I'm having a problem with this. They have identified a problem. They have even said what the cure is, okay? Even the commissioner came on and said that we're going to have to look at this in the off season. We are going to have to be able to have the command center to call down a penalty like this, okay? So they can change the rule mid-season about a bunch of different things. What did they do last year? They changed it regarding what? Um the, well, they were, the, they, the they, reviews they, on the on, well, on the, uh, illegal contact, right? Yep. Then they changed it on that, and then just like two weeks ago, they changed it on celebrations. Okay, I think they changed it on celebrations twice. So why can't they just change the rule right now and say, yeah, command center is going to call blatantly obvious penalties on the quarterback, and just be happy with that. Because it's a good idea. Why wait till the off season? You, 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 the, the, 
the horse is already out of the barn. Why close the door? You know what I mean? It doesn't not make sense, dude. Come on. Get 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 real. Any arguments? Mm, no. How do you argue? Char- it? You you can't. Why don't they just change it? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's an easy fix for stuff like that roughing the passer. If the referee can't see it, and actually this is where the um, referee cam actually came in uh, handy yesterday because that referee did not throw the flag because I do not believe he saw it because if you saw the replay on the referee cam, he had one of the offensive linemen standing between him and the hit and couldn't see it. So let the, let the guys in the eye in the sky call down. For something like that, which is uh, especially uh, a safety violation, just let them call down and make a call on that because – then you can, it's easy to do, and stuff like this isn't going to get missed. Because it's happening too often. Well, you know, first off, isn't it the ref's job to, to, he's got legs. He's not mounted in cement back there. Isn't he supposed to, like, move around so that he can see the play? Or is he, like, well, he wasn't supposed to be, is he rigid in one spot? Correct. What was that, Charles? You kind of broke up. Sorry, he was moving, but the uh, lineman was pretty much moving in the same direction. So while he was moving, uh, so was the lineman. So it was just a split second before the actual hit is where the guy kind of got right in between the two. So that's why he didn't see it. It wasn't that he wasn't moving. He was. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't see it. So, you know, I'm not going to make accusations in there. But, uh, you know, from all intents and purposes of what I saw – I thought it was initial contact was the shoulder, and yes, their heads collided. But I, I don't think there was malice in there. I don't think this was a targeted. I don't think that was intent is in it. It doesn't matter. It was helmet-to-helmet contact. That's roughing the passer, and it's a 15-yard penalty. Bottom line, end of story, no debate. Nobody is going to debate that that was not a penalty because then they're idiots because, you know, they don't know what the, game, the rules of the game are. But, you know, I heard things last night, like, is the same thing with uh, talking about the, uh, the, the, the hit from, on Odell Willis on Zach Caleros. And Ryder fans coming out with comments that he should be fined $10,000 and suspended six games. You can't do that. I mean, you can't do that. Unless Jeff Coat makes $360,000 a year, half a one-game salary is not ten grand. And that's the maximum that he can be fined. Okay, that's just a fact. The, the, oh. Sorry, I was just going to say, the worst comment I saw from a Riders fan saying that he hoped that Jeff Coat breaks both of his legs. Oh, I, I challenged him on that. That guy was an idiot. What kind, of a com- what kind of person do you have to be to make a comment like that? Give me a break. A pissed-off Ryder fan. Yeah. That kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Idiotic. Oh, yeah, yeah. How do you wish an injury on another player? Yeah. I, I just like, I, just give me a break. Yeah, yeah. but you so, got you to gotta, you gotta consider that, okay, these Ryder fans were 100% totally convinced that the Riders were going to the Grey Cup. And all of us oh, no. sat back. And all of us sat back and watched the writers, and it's like, really? 
They're not going to the Grey Cup. They don't have an offense. How are they going to the Grey Cup? And their defense was good, but their defense wasn't that great. So, I mean, I'm sure they said lots of things last night that they didn't, you know, they were really upset in general. So, it, You know, it's okay to lie to everybody else, but don't lie to yourself. You know, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Will, you're talking. Tell us about the game or tell us about this play. What do you think? What what should the league do? What what Okay, what can the league do? Okay? I I I still don't think Jeff Coat intentionally purposely hit him in the head to try and put him out. Okay? I don't think he did that. No, but that's the irrelevant. As, there was helmet well, to helmet no, contact. I know what I know it's irrelevant, but what do you do? Do you do you kick the guy out of the game right then and there? No. You give him a 15-yard roughing the passer penalty. Okay. And if the ref didn't and, pick and, it up, then the command center should call it. Well, sure. It wouldn't have, and, it wouldn't and, have made a difference in this game, but if it was in the first no. quarter, it may have. Right. And if you go back to the uh, – you see, and you can say whatever you want about the command center, okay, if I'm sitting in the command center on that Odell Willis play, okay, I might call it a roughing the passer, but I, I don't. I mean, I don't think he intentionally hit him in the head. I thought he led with his shoulder. He but did it, lead with his shoulder. He did. Intent is not relevant, right? So well, no, no. what happened what here is, saying... is the ref the, – let's talk about the Odell Willis hit for a minute because this is the one that's most relevant because it's the one that made the most that, – that had more consequences than this other hit, Jeff Coat hit. Because Chris Jones had to challenge it to get a penalty. He lost his challenge for the remainder of the game right. because he tried yep, to protect right. his quarterback, right? That, to right. me, the command center should have – been able to call down and say that was roughing the passer and Chris Jones should not have had to waste his challenge on it. That pisses me off more than anything. Yeah, it was against my BC lines. I really don't care. I don't think the riders should have wasted, had to waste a challenge to get a call called correctly when it was blatantly obvious to everybody except Andre Prue. I agree. But what I think, what I think where the rule should change in that situation is, if you win your challenge, you get another challenge. I agree. Yeah. And that would eliminate that would eliminate referees making like blatant ones like that where there should have been a flag in the command center, which blows my mind that the command center didn't get it. Okay. That's what I think should happen. And I don't think it should be a continuous thing. I think you, you can renew your do something like renew your challenge for three times or something like that. Then it covers okay. those mistakes. So, so let's go back to that. Because game if yesterday. you remember, if you remember, hold on. If you remember, remember last year, the rumor was that the referees were intentionally missing calls so that teams would waste their challenges and they wouldn't have to deal with them anymore. Yes. Agreed. I understand. I don't believe that's true, but it's a possibility. That's your tinfoil yeah. hat comment, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
and yeah. I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about that's what was going the conspiracy yeah. that was yeah. in the league. And yeah. you know, I'm all for conspiracies, and I'm all for I do not believe the status <laughs> quo on, on a lot of things. But I'm really having a problem with that one. Um, yesterday's game, Chris Jones had to challenge a pass interference call, and he he won, and it was for 25 yards, I believe. What if he had lost challenge, and then this one happened, and he didn't have the challenge? And according to your little theory, there is that he's he's way he's lost a challenge, so he doesn't get it back. He won the challenge, so he would have got it back, and he could have challenged again if 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 he got his challenge on on rewarded. So that doesn't work because it depends on what's happened previously. You know, it, it could have been a really blatant call, and and you know, or a close call, and he challenged it and lost the challenge because there was not indisputable evidence to overturn the call, even though it probably was borderline, but irrelevant. He would have lost that challenge, and then he doesn't have a challenge to this one. But this play shouldn't have had to be challenged. No. This isn't up to the riders to call this play a a penalty. This is up to the officials to do what's right. And if the officials on the field can't do it, then the officials in the booth have to do it. Well, yeah, but I don't understand. I mean, and if you remember correctly with that Odell Willis hit, we happened to be talking online at the same time that happened, and we both agreed it was a On late the, hit. And it, it wasn't and late. It, was, it wasn't late. It was a well, helmet-to-helmet hit. Well, right, but it was so blatant, it was obvious. Why didn't the command center say something? I don't understand that. Were they? They're not legally they, allowed to. What do you mean they're not legally allowed to? They're not legally allowed to call a penalty. The, the only thing that command well, they, center can do is got, if there's a penalty, they, they're allowed to, to say that, that it wasn't a penalty. And that they, happened during a horse have, caller then they, call earlier in the season. Then they have to, then they have to change that. That's, That's the other what thing we're they saying. have to change. Okay. The command center is not allowed to call a penalty right now. Okay. But if the officials call a penalty – and the commanders said that wasn't a penalty. They can radio down and say, guys, man, pick up the flag. You're idiots. Don't do that. You're, you're, look, you're making yourselves look bad. But if they miss a play, right. the command center's not allowed to call it. That has to change. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Right? And, I mean, the only, I, I'm the, only, I'm the, the last person that's going to stick up for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but in the last game with BC Lions, there's no way in hell Chris Jones should have had to challenge that play. It pissed no. me off. And, and, and I told you that. As the game was going, we, you and I watched that game together online. Yeah. And yeah. we both said that that was a penalty, and I said, He's going to challenge it. He shouldn't have to challenge it. Why is we were calling it a penalty long before the challenge even came out? Yeah, and it was obvious. It was obvious. But but once again, so my in my mind, okay. So sometimes the guy whose job that is to catch those things, his view is blocked. Well, what about the rest of the referees? They should be watching that stuff too, because they're allowed well, their to job throw is to a flag look at something anything. else. They're supposed to watch something else. I know. So maybe maybe what you do, here's the thought, you add another referee to specifically watch for those things. Well, you know what? The NHL did. They put right. two, two, right. two referees on the ice, and they have two linesmen on the ice. All my life, there's only been one referee and two linesmen. Now they got right. two refs. 
That's correct. Right? Maybe that's what they have so to maybe, do. Maybe they have two back judges instead of one. And one guy's specific job is watch the quarterback. But you, you obviously, that doesn't work if there's a big lineman in the way. So it, it, under these circumstances, it needs to be two people watching that, that quarterback right. from opposite angles. Okay? Or the command center is allowed to call penalties. Right. It's already and in I place. Think, We've I already got the system I, in place. You just have to allow them to do it. I think an idea would be to add a referee and let the command center call penalties. Sure. What the hell? I'm good with that. I'm absolutely good with I that. I mean, if mm-hmm. if they if there's if they're serious about player safety, then that's what they should do. <laughs> I mean, how many officials are there on the field at one time? Six or seven? Yeah. Six. Okay. I mean, th- there's more officials in football than there is in any other sport, and basically because there's so much more going on. So you know what? If you're not doing a good job, get help. If I don't know what the hell I'm doing, I always go get help. I either get help from above or you get uh, put an extra man on the field. Mm-hmm. I, I'm good with it. Mark, what's your thoughts on this subject, buddy? You've been quiet off in the corner. Uh, it's pretty much the exact same thing that you guys are saying. Uh, the other problem with the ref crew yesterday was you do realize who it was, right? No, I didn't, it was Fo- didn't watch it. It was game. Foxcroft. Oh, God. It was, exactly. Well, the Foxcroft's not bad. Bradbury's worse. Mm, you know, Will made a comment earlier about in, when we were doing the game reviews about the dumb interference penalties by the Bombers in the second half. Sorry, but that one where the defensive back was running with them, literally, and that's all he did. I think he may have breathed on his uniform, and they called it defensive pass interference, and they got a touchdown out of it. Yeah, it, it's it, the refing is what it is. That's why there's the eye in the sky, like we're all saying. That's why there's the command center. I'm all for different theories on what they could do and why Randy Ambrosi's worrying about guys drinking beer on the sidelines and for a celebration and making sure that's changed immediately. But can't do a simple change this. Put like what everybody is saying. Do the one simple move. That's all you got to do. The best theory I've heard of why he hasn't done it is because of the legal ramifications with the concussion issue. Can somebody please tell me how that makes sense? It doesn't. I was just going to ask oh, you. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, no, yeah, that was I, – I went on quite the long – comment and listed with it and I just gave up because it's that's why okay that was one of the better theories I've heard in a long time that's not a theory um, no it's not but, no it's obvious what they have to do and it's simple there is another article that's or in the article it says about he's might they can't do it for this week but you never know what could happen for Grey Cup they can do it for this week there's absolutely no reason they can't just say, okay, because of this, command center can now review those kind of hits immediately. And you, it's you gotta be, yeah, that's, that's, that's the easiest fix for all of this. 
Just let the command center review for something like that. Don't give them a wide scope. Just give them a few things. But don't, you don't have to go too crazy with them. But something like this, especially when you consider that it uh, is involving player safety and so on, let them do that one. Let them do a couple of those. The only other different thing they can do is go the college football, American college football route. They review every play. And the concussions, they will review it, and you will, you're automatic, or the head hit, sorry. If you do a helmet-to-helmet, you're kicked out of the game, automatic. Yeah. There is no discussion. You're gone. If you start kicking guys out and then suspending them for a game, you'll see the guys change. That would yeah. help, too. Just do that route. There's very simple fixes. They don't have to turn this into rocket science. I, I mean, I played rugby for eight years, and we had some brutal collisions. Never once did I ever hit my head on another player. No. Never, not once. Yeah. It's possible to tackle somebody without using your head. I, I, I said before, you know what? You want to stop head hits, helmet-to-helmet hits in the CFL? Take their fucking helmets off. Mm-hmm. The, the more padding that you've got, the more you use it as a weapon. Well, there were I, I, know, I know that's a ridiculous statement, and I'm not promoting the concept of taking off football helmets, okay? Uh, anywhere, whether it's minor league, college, pro, whatever. I'm not, I'm not a proponent of that at all. But honestly, you want to stop helmet-to-helmet hits? Take the helmets off. They, they, they won't be smacking skulls. <laughs> you, you do it once or twice, and it, it, it kind of tells you not to do it anymore. It just it, it it's just I find it stupid that they can't just change it. I'm pretty sure the yeah. CFLPA isn't going to argue against it. No, they'd have no reason to argue against it. Well, no, because it's protecting their players. Why would they yeah. argue against it? So just if if you can flip the switch on some rules, flip the switch on this one. That's all you got to do, and you're going to look better for it. I realize it's not a rule that's about shaking hands with the commissioner and having a beer with them. Yeah. It's a real rule, but do it. If you're serious about player safety, it has to be done. I don't think he is. How do you spell that's incidental? That's... Incidental? I am C... I don't know. I'm going to run. I dental, yeah. That's what I did, and it did, and it doesn't like it. No, nope, I got it. It's CI. I had CI. I had CE. It didn't didn't like it. Anyhow, sorry. Um, yeah, one hundred percent agree, guys. The league's got to grow up. And, you know, put on your big boy pants, admit the fact that you make some mistakes, and, move, and, and, and rectify the problem and move on. And until they're willing to do that, I, I just don't see it with this commissioner. He's just, like I said so many times, he's just such a limp dick. He's just not, yeah, he's willing to 
change a rule over beer drinking in the end zone, but he's not willing to do something to actually protect player safety. Tell me how that makes well, sense. His big player safety thing was the additional bye week, right? Yeah. Well, how many receivers have he gone through because of injury? Seven? Five. Five? Five, five yeah. six, seven, yeah. yeah. Extra bye week? BC had three buys before week 10. Yeah. And you know, what, many, good, what good is that? Yeah. How many uh, yeah. Hamilton receivers are out for? <laughs> how many significant players, such as Saul E, have missed significant time? Big Hill. Big, Big Hill. Ricky Ray. Ricky Ray. What, what did this extra twice? Week? It didn't do anything. What did it do? It Nothing. created more injuries. Well, I don't think it created more injuries. I just think that this was an injury year. Well, it certainly okay. didn't help, and this was all about player safety. Yeah. And, and, I mean, we've had years where literally every quarterback in the CFL was out for some, t- some period of time except for Henry Burris. Do you remember that? Well, you know what? Was, and look at the only look. Go ahead. Shit happens. No, I'm look done. at Edmonton. Look at Edmonton last year and all the injuries they had. I've never yeah. seen injuries like that ever. Okay, and I know I poo-pooed it, but yeah, they had they were they were on their third string guys. Okay, so that's how many injuries they had last year. So. It's a contact sport. People get injured. It's pretty simple. And I mean, there's all kinds of theories on why people are getting injured more and more all the time. There is. So, you know, the, the one I've heard more often than not is if you go back to the 60s and 70s, let's talk about hockey or football for that matter, okay, where where guys used to come to training camp to get into shape. They weren't in shape when they came to training camp. That's what they used it for. And one of the overall theories, right, one of the overall theories is that guys are in shape 12 months out of every season and their bodies are breaking down because their bodies need a break. They're and that's part of what, that's correct. They, they say your body needs rest. Rest is as important as, as being fit. Okay. And a lot of their, a lot of these guys are overtaxing themselves. And I mean, if you think about it, you didn't see as many, for example, as many uh, Achilles tendon problems in the past, but now they're real common. And yeah. that thing, when it gets overstressed, it just snaps like a rubber band. Yeah, it just explodes. So, Look at Darian Durant. Yep. He was just like standing there. Yep. Matt, or not Matt Nichols, Matt Dunnigan was the same way. So. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Zach Caleros was forced to sit out Sunday's game against Winnipeg is, and is still dealing with the concussion symptoms, symptoms. With him becoming a free agent this year, have we seen the last of him in the CFL? 
Is Chris Jones going to bring him back? I would I if I was him. I, I, I would. Honestly, I would. I, I think Zach Galaris is a very talented quarterback. And if he's in my roster and he's on my payroll right now, I would bring him back. The, the, the question isn't whether or not Chris is going to bring him back. It's, is Zach Caleros going to be stupid enough to continue playing football? Well, the question, the answer to that is Ricky Ray. Yep. Right? It's, it's, it's simple. What is the matter with these guys? They're just glutton for punishment. Right, let's, let's face facts, Charles. If Travis Lule was coming back this year, you would have wanted him, wouldn't you? Probably, yeah. After what? Three major soldier injuries and a knee? Mm-hmm. Okay, he's like Steve Austin, the $6 million man. Yeah. Yeah, but so, the key I mean, to Travis Lule is you just never let him play against Montreal. Yeah, <laughs> that's where he always gets hurt. In September. You can play yeah, against Montreal, exactly. but just not in September. Not in September. And not at home. He can play on the road. He doesn't get hurt at, uh, on the road. Uh, in yeah, Montreal, he, did. he gets hurt at home. Yeah, he oh, got hurt. Not, he he did, got yeah. hurt Montreal oh, once. Yes, he did. You're right. But it was three times. Three times against Montreal in the month of September, he got taken out. So, anyhow, but that's it. I mean, Zach Caleros should should he play football anymore? No. 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 You had three concussions no. this year. Never mind how many you've had in your lifetime playing football. No, don't play football. You're going to end up like Matt Dunnigan. Don't be like Matt Dunnigan. Save your life before you get to Matt Dunnigan's stage. You know, and yeah, I'm not picking on the riders here any way, shape, or form. I love Zach Caleros. I, I've always said he's the most talented quarterback in the CFL. He, the guy is absolutely amazing. But not lately. So it's really hard to say what to do with him. And has he played his last game in the CFL? I hope so. I hope so for his sake. But I think somebody's going to offer him a contract. Mark, what's your theory? Uh, Pretty much the same. He's not... He shouldn't come back. He probably will. I can see Saskatchewan keeping him. There's no reason not to. He's under contract. He's under contract. If he comes back with a clean bill of health from the doctors, he'll come back. How can you say no? Is he not a free agent this year? No, 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 no. He wasn't there last year, was he? He he came in season. No. I thought he was a free agent for some reason. I guess that's my my mistake. You know, isn't it ironic that Saskatchewan chose to bring Brandon Bridge back this year instead of Kevin Glenn? They would have had a better chance with Kevin Glenn. Yep. So. Can't disagree with that. Okay, yeah, okay. I just uh on the uh forums uh Hamilton Tiger Cats website, they've got something called the 2019 CFL quarterback free agent sweepstakes. Okay? These are quarterbacks due to become free agents in February 2019. Bo Levi Mitchell, Mike Riley, Trevor Harris, 
Matt Calero, Travis Lulee, Jonathan Jennings, Brandon Bridge, Kevin Glenn, Ricky Ray. And a new CBA, some more money. There's one one per team <laughs> available right now. There's nine yeah. of them. Where did you post this? I didn't post it, but I'll give you a link oh, if I thought you want. You posted it. Yes. No, please. no, no, no. I said I found it on the on the Hamilton oh. Tiger Cats page. Okay. I'll, I'll happily send you guys over a link to this. Mm-hmm. Boom. There it is. That's a lot of quarterbacks that are coming available. And, and good quality quarterbacks. At least three of them shouldn't play anymore. Maybe four. The only team I think on here is uh, Winnipeg that doesn't have a... We've got both of them still. Yeah. Well, Brandon Bridge and Zach Caleros are up for free agents, so there's got to be another team out there like uh, Montreal. <laughs> BC. BC's losing Travis Lulee and Jonathan Jennings. Yeah. Right? BC's Montreal's losing two, and, and Saskatchewan's losing two. I so that means there's got forum page. What's that? Oh, you said Hamilton Tiger Cats, right? Yeah, I gave you the the forum page. It says forums.cfl.ca slash Hamilton Tiger Cats slash five, the 2019 okay. CFL free agent sweepstakes. Yeah. Did it not come through? It just was yeah, sent me to the main page of the forum. Oh, sorry. I... Yeah. I thought I had got it all. Let's see if I can do it again. Oops, I screwed up. Anyhow, um, I'll tell you what I Googled. I Googled CFL Free Agents 2019. And the number one post was the 2019 CFL QB Free Agent Sweepstakes in the Hamilton Tiger Cats forum. Montreal Alouettes have announced uh, a new stadium plan. Did you know that? Yeah, they're shrinking it. Yeah. Oh, that, that that's just for their own st- – uh, what is it? It's for McGill. 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 It's going to be smaller. <laughs> okay, so we haven't got a CFL um, free agents tracker up yet. That would be kind of cool. I guess we need to do that. Okay. Um, Will, you've talked on this. Uh, uh, Charles, did you? Is that clear? Uh, I was chiming in uh, in and out. Uh, basically, I, I agree pretty much with what everybody said. So, hold on a second here. I, actually, I think I was the only one that went on that so far. We so, all chimed in. Oh, do we? Okay. We can what move on. We can move on. We've got 30 minutes left. We've got a few things to do. We can always He's go broken. come back. He's broken. He's broken. He's bust. Right? And, you know, I, I really hate it when people play longer than they should and they end up hurting their lives for the, the remainder of it, right? I mean, their quality of life is important. Mm-hmm. Football's not everything. And football, in fact, football's nothing. Football is nothing in comparison. For the rest of your life. Okay, it's just it's just not happening. Oh, I got to look at this Lions free agent, long free agent list. Thanks, Mark, for reckoning. Thanks, Mark. Way to go. 
Okay, the next one. Prior to signing Drew Tate, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders reached out to Henry Burris about coming in to play for them down the stretch. Were we surprised he didn't jump at the chance for another kick at the can? Oh, my good Lord, how desperate can you be? Seriously. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I know he, he's 43 years old, okay? Terrell Owens is a year older. But that's not the point. Terrell Owens didn't come back. <laughs> oh, God. You know, Henry, and if you remember this correctly, guys, Henry got out of Saskatchewan as fast as he possibly could. <laughs> okay? Oh, yeah. So yeah. he didn't want to play there. And he loved going to Saskatchewan because they used to boo him mercilessly because yep. he signed with Calgary. Okay? <laughs> and not even Henry's got a big enough ego to try and play football. Well, Henry it's kind of weird. His, job. his career started in Calgary, and then it went to Saskatchewan, and then he went off to the Packers, Bears, Berlin Thunder, came back to the Rough Riders for two years, then went to the Stampeders for six, then over to the Ticats and Red Blacks. You, you got, great, great you got that mixed up. You got that mixed up. I, no, I don't think I do. Yeah, he was in Calgary. Then he went to the NFL. Then he went to Saskatchewan. No, he went to Saskatchewan in the year 2000. In the year 2000, he played for the Rough Riders. He played 18 games for the Rough Riders. Yep. Yeah, but be- this is, where this was is he before he was a starter. Well, I know that. He, he, he was in Calgary. He started two games in, 2000, in 1999. He was a backup behind... Uh, uh, who was he backing Jeff up back Garcia. then? Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia. Right? Yep. Yeah. And then he went to Saskatchewan, became the starter, and did okay. Wasn't wasn't exceptional by any stretch of the means. And then uh, QB rating of only 79, jumped to the NFL, came back to Saskatchewan, and played two seasons, was a starter in 16 games, and then jumped over to Calgary and was – was there until 2012. Then he went to Hamilton and then Ottawa. Gary Cup champions. And don't forget, he almost went to Winnipeg. Yep. <laughs> Didn't you, yeah. Did you see the size of that Grey Cup ring he was sporting on TSN the other night? Holy mm-hmm. crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is anybody surprised that he didn't jump on board? I am not. No. I mean, why would he want to go out there and do that? Why would you know what? even look? But you know what? From from the results of the game the other day, I think Drew Tate or Henry Burns would have done better. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think so. And, and how could you have put Henry Burris in without having a playbook, you know? Tell him to go outside in the freezing cold, in the wind, mm-hmm. in the snow, and play football. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's been there, done that, and seen it, tried it, got the T-shirt, and doesn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's got that T-shirt. 
Okay. And on top of that, he's a he's a god in Ottawa anyway, so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The CFL announced their division finalists for the Players' Awards. Do we think they made the right call in all of the categories? No. We do not. I have an extreme problem with some of them, especially one of them. You guys want to guess which one it is? Most outstanding player? No. No. I don't think there's any options on that, unfortunately. No, there probably isn't. You want to guess? Come on, come on, somebody else guess. I'm getting through it. Defensive player. Defensive player. No, how could you argue with defensive player? Okay, you got Bo Levi Mitchell and Jeremiah Mazzoli as the MOPs. Hard to argue. I would have, I would have, personally, I would have picked Trevor Harris, but okay, I'm not going to argue with that. Also, standing defensive player, Adam Big Hill, Larry Dean. Hard to argue. Uh, best top Canadian, Andrew Harrison, Brad Snopley. Absolutely. No question. Uh, I figured it out. What? You're talking coach of the year. I'm talking coach of the year. Oh, How yeah. How could possibly yeah. do that? Okay. Special teams, Ty Long, Lewis Ward. No, I'm good with those two. Uh, Jordan Williams-Lambert, even though he played like shit in this game last, against uh, Lewis Ward for, what is this, uh, Rookie of the Year? Uh, I, I honestly don't know who to call in that one. And Coach of the Year, Chris Jones and Rick Campbell. The only reason why these two are in here is because there was nobody better. That doesn't mean that they were good. Oh, I I think June Jones should have been in there. I was going to say, I think you could put June Jones, a team in Hamilton that hasn't made the playoffs in like three or four years, and they make the playoffs and kind of turn it around. I, I could have put June Jones there. Yep. Agreement yeah. there. You look at where yeah, they I, were I, before he took over. Yeah, I, I agree. But could you have put Dave Dickinson in there, Wally Buono, Jason Moss? You could make an argument for Michael Shea. Yeah. But you could also have said that if he didn't win the game, he would have got fired. Yeah. <laughs> right? Hard to, put, hard to nail coach of the year if, you're, if the guy gets fired before the award is given. You know, you could put you could have put Dave Dickinson in, considering he he still won first place, even though he had a depleted receiving core. Because that's the argument many people were making for Bo Levi Mitchell getting the most outstanding player nomination. So you could have yeah. made a case for uh, Dickinson. I, he wouldn't have been my choice, but you could at least make a case for it. Yeah, no, agreed there. You could have. I mean, seriously, what did Saskatchewan do that was so wonderful this year? Played a ball hawk defense. They had a good okay. defense. Yeah, that's all they did. They didn't have their a good defense. Their offense was horrible. Hmm? I don't think their, their defense was, was that good. It was a ball hawking defense. Okay? Yeah. Ball hawking defense is when you go for the ball and you miss the big play. If you go back right now, look at the stats for the thing, for te- the team stats for this year, Saskatchewan's not at the top of defensive categories. Nope. You know? 
Points allowed. Saskatchewan's down number four. Sacks, okay, number two. Interceptions, number two. Forced fumbles, number three. Pass knockdowns, seventh. You know, that, that, my question is, did Charleston Hughes uh, blow his chance at any award when he did the DD thing or the drunk driver thing? I I, I think he did. He's the sack leader. Okay. It's going to be hard to put him in as the winner of it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. but Saskatchewan was not first in any category in the defense. BC and, led and, in two, Calgary led in two, and Winnipeg led in one. And you really want to have something funny? Let's go over to offense. Oh, boy. This couldn't, you Okay. Know. Total points, they're sixth. Passing yards, they're eighth. Passing TDs, they're ninth. They had less passing TDs this year than Montreal. Okay. Time of possession, fourth. Rushing yards, okay, second. Rushing TDs, eighth. Rushing TDs, although they had second highest rushing yards, they were eighth in rushing TDs. Sacks allowed, number one. Turnovers, fourth. Well, they were the best team in sacks allowed because they gave up the fewest, 27. 27, fewest. Yeah. This is offense. They gave up the yeah. fewest. Their O-line was stood up there. Hard to believe considering Zach Caleros was constantly under pressure. Yeah, but how much time? How much time was your offense on the field? That's something else you got to look at. Yeah. Well, time of possession is that what you're talking about? Sure. They were fourth at thirty point thirty point four two seconds, thirty minutes and forty two seconds in a game. That literally half the time the offense was on the field, half the time the defense was. And you know that's. That's pretty much standard. I mean, that's that's a good. I mean, Winnipeg was thirty oh two, Ottawa was thirty oh five, Saskatchewan was thirty forty two, Calgary was thirty forty four. I mean, two seconds yeah, different where, than the Stampeders on average. You, you did say they were ranked. Where were they ranked as far as passing goes? Second last. Okay, so that shows you right there. You can't sack a quarterback who's not passing. Yeah. They they rushed the ball more than anybody else. They had eleven passing touchdowns this year, eleven. But they also only had fourteen rushing touchdowns. Yeah, that's uh, fourteen and eleven. That's twenty five. That's not even to a game. And I think not the Trevor had ten rushing touchdowns himself. So that puts it yeah there. all one yard plunges. Yep. And it should also be pointed out here, it says they're listed there with 450 points. That's total team points scored. A lot of those yes. points were scored by their defense. Yes. But total points scored for the um, oh, the offense was 450. What does it say in the, uh, in the standings? 450. 
Yeah, that's not right. How can you say that's the offensive point scored? It doesn't seem to make a distinction between offense. It just no, it doesn't. Point scored. So that stats shouldn't can really be, be deceiving. An, that shouldn't really be an offensive stat because that's defensive and offensive points combined. Yeah. I'd like to see the breakdown of how many points were scored by the offense and how many score points were scored by the defense. Because I think Todd, you get a much different you get a much different picture at that point. Todd Mogi always has the ability to find these stats. Where is he? When, where is he when we need him? Todd, wake up! Okay, it's moving on. If anybody out there has it, give me a send me a PM. Let's move on to this one. Division finalists. Well, has anybody got any problems with any of the the, the selections? Nope. No, not really. I I can't argue. The only one that I don't actually know and I can't argue too much is the O-lineman. I've never been able to judge how it, good an O-line. I If you did the BC O-line against the Saskatchewan O-line, then I would be able to give you an argument. But particular one, one BC offensive lineman better than the other one? No. You guys are all being a sieve this year. And if one – one is a weak link, then the other one ha- is not going to be able to perform it at a high level, right? O-line is a team sport, man. You can't just pick one guy out of it and say he's better. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with that. And that's why when you have an injury on the O-line, it has such an effect on the rest of it. Yes. Yeah, it is. Okay. With the Calgary Stampede, or with the Calgary City of Calgary bidding on the 2026 Olympics. Could a successful bid provide the proper revitalization for McMahon Stadium that BC Place Stadium got after the 2010 Olympic Games? BC Place got $800 million for the renovations. What is McMahon getting? 80? 80. No. To answer the question is no. I asked that stadium is not going to get that. the proper revitalization. <laughs> what was that, Charles? I asked that question without knowing how much they were getting for McMahon. Eighty million is going to do nothing for that place. Like I said, it's a coat of paint. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I, from Walmart, I've walked through. I've walked through McMahon Stadium with structural engineers. And with architects, and <laughs> they laugh because there's nothing you can do to it. Okay, it's there's nothing you can do to it to make it. I mean, it was built in 1960 for God's sake. Okay, so I mean, renovate the bathrooms make the concourse a little bigger. That's what they're talking about. I mean, it's a joke. It's a joke. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and and I don't know from the people I've talked to, uh, most of us are going to vote no tomorrow. So, because we're talking... We're talking Olympics is $5 billion. I, I sent, sent Cal- you the link of the money for the Vancouver one, right? Did you you look yeah. at it? Yeah, I saw that. The, 
the city literally put up nothing. And Calgary's share of the 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 five billion is going to be four hundred and forty million dollars. And I'm sorry, I just think you could put that money somewhere else. Okay, and I'm I'm worried about my taxes. And the economy in Calgary is sucking shit right now in Alberta in general. And I just think it's a joke. But I'm pretty sure it's going to get passed anyway, to be honest with you. It's going to crash and burn. Yeah. Yeah. So and you know what? I've I've been in construction for a long time. You save $5 billion, you're probably talking $7 billion, okay? Yeah, it did cost overruns. Yes. They they just happen. For the Olympics of all things, okay? Okay, let's just get rid of Calgary and their Olympic bid because it's not happening. The CFL is showing a solid increase in TV ratings this season. What do we attribute this to, and do we think we will see further increase next year? Okay. Is there a drop in attendance across the CFL? Yes. I think it was down. I think every... Every team is not doing as well at the gate as what they were the year before or the year before that. Okay? Every team. So those guys are just sitting at home watching it on TV. So, yeah, the ratings have to go up because there's more people mm-hmm. at home watching it, right? It's just it's ebb and flow here. Do we think we're getting more fans? Wouldn't that be a nice thought? I think we are. Well, I think part of it our is, ratings are counting in the U.S., is. Part of it is Johnny Manziel. Yeah. You're not wrong. Hmm. No, you're not. I love this. You got to. Go ahead, Charles. I think you got, I think you got to think that has at least a bit to do with it. I don't know how big a factor, but that probably is a factor. I think it's a pretty big factor. If you could point your finger at one single thing in the CFL season this year, that increased their ratings, it would have to be Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I think that's fair. Wasn't Chris Jones? No. It wasn't the star quality quarterback play. No. No. Okay. So Rod Peterson's final um, article for this year here on this on this. Rider season. I'm sure it's not his final one because there's going to be more. It's called Out of the Tunnel, Ending with a Thud. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> Ending with a thud. Oh, gotta love it. Okay. So, what can you attribute the, the increased ra- ratings from Will? Do you have any ideas? I'm telling you, it's Johnny Manziel. It's Johnny Manziel. Charles, you're kind of saying the same thing? Now that I think about more and more about it, it probably has a lot to do with it. And 
If he's back next year and if he's successful, more successful next year, I think it'll go up again. Yeah. And I think you can attribute at least part of it, especially in the West, is how close it was and how there weren't teams that were pulling away. So especially down the stretch, every game until you got to about the last week of the season was important. On some level. You didn't wow. have a team like Calgary that was up with 13, 14 wins and was home and cooled out. You know, and and the other thing I can say is they certainly weren't coming to McMahon to watch football this year. So that could have increased it as well. No kidding. They were all... I've never seen McMahon so empty for some of those games that they showed earlier in the year. Hey, a Western semifinal in Saskatchewan had what were there? 3, they were only at thirty thousand tickets. tickets. Yep. Yeah. In Saskatchewan. And that doesn't count the amount that bizarre. didn't show up. Yeah, no, it was way less than the thirty thousand, I can tell you that. Uh, it wasn't people hiding in the concourses. I can. No. It was way less. So, if it's happening in Saskatchewan, but people are staying home and watching it on TV, that's all that's happening now. And, and I, I don't know if I can blame them. Well, is there? I've argued against this many times. Is there some merit to going back to blackouts? Locally, I don't I'd like him no. personally. I, I think that the, all that does is reduce the um, exposure to your product, and you'll it's get more questions about where can I. But yeah. you can also just look for it online. You go on Reddit. It's just, or yeah, whatever. It's, it's, it's discriminatory against uh, people with disabilities or people with. Uh, uh, on low income, whatever else, right? They, just because they're CFL football fans doesn't mean that everybody can go to a game or everybody should go to a game. And to turn no, around and put a blackout too. on there, I don't think that that's fair. And now that we've got TSN Live that now has their own TSN thing where you don't even have to have TV. Yeah. You don't have to have a cable subscription. Yeah, you, can you just pay $24 dollars a month. And how do you black that out? You can't. And so, Mark's right. Anyone that wants to, if you look hard enough, you can find it any game you want online without much I problem. Always, I always did. And, and it's a lot easier today than it was three years ago. And yep. you know, with technology improving, 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 it's going to do more and more and more. Mm-hmm. This is a terrible three-down nation. Or Charles, or they're not uh, Vince McMahon and can just have the money to hit that button and just block the signal. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I can still I can still find his stuff online without any problem either. It's yeah, it's easy now. Never used to. Yeah. Be. So can anybody can anybody answer me why Wes's name was in Hamilton yesterday? Rick Flair. Oh. I think it was yeah, just for yes, some sort Rick of Flair. additional publicity. We were just talking about it. Attendance is down. I don't know. I don't know how much it would have helped. I kind of found that one a head scratcher too, but I mean, 
he was probably in town for a house show, or there was a house show in Toronto. Probably like that. Yeah, that that and that's probably true. You think he doesn't know Jerry Glanville? Well, that was the other thing I was going to bring up. Well, no, he that said he's, he knows them. He said he's good friends. He's good friends with Angelo Mosca. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, because Angelo Mosca used to be a wrestler as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that was great. Yeah. Okay, he's a doddering old man now, but yep. know, it, was, it was funny. Yeah. And it and it led into a touchdown celebration. Yep. Okay. This one is going to be a little humorous. Saved it for last. Way to go, Charles. I Montreal did announced on Thursday that both head coach Mike Sherman and general manager Cavis Reed will return next season. The big question is why would they bring Cavis Reed back for another season? Is there any valid reason? No. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. I knew you were going to say signed, that, Will. He signed all those great quarterbacks at the end of the uh, season. Come on. So they got all these guys. Great. How do you bring him back? Absolutely atrocious general manager. Absolutely atrocious. And you brought him back. I mean, I had somebody the other day that said, Jim Pop's the worst general manager in, in the CFL. And they went, really? Who's Montreal's? And, yeah, Montreal ended up the season a little bit better than Toronto. But, hey, come on, really? Cavus Reed? I mean, this is as dumb as bringing Jason Moss back. And, you know, the big argument that I had with a bunch of people online about this, and we're just going to off-topic Jason Moss just a little bit here, is he took over a Grey Cup winning team from Chris Jones, correct? Yep. Yep. Yes, he did. And he went from 12 wins to 10 to 9. Yeah. Benavides took over. The Cup winning team went from 13, 11 to 9 and got fired. And he made the playoffs in his 9. Jason Moss missed the playoffs with his 9. And Benavides got fired. Please justify re-signing Jason Moss or keeping him on payroll. Please justify Cavus Reed. Mike Sherman I really don't have a problem with. I don't think he did that bad a job. His, his worst thing this season was that his uh, fiasco with the headset. I don't have a problem with them keeping Mike Sherman, but Cavus Reed is a GM? Give me a break. Give your head a shake. Do something because it's not working. It's not working for you guys. You know, this was his second year, right, with the the Alouettes? Oh no, 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 As no! GM? He he no? took over partway through last year, wasn't it? Okay, but this was his second full year. No, no I he thought was it was right at the begin- No, I think last year there right from the beginning. Let me look. 
I don't think he was. I thought he took over partway through it, but I could be wrong because – what, what? oh, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right because I think he, he took over – it was an interim coaching career. In 2017, after his firing of Jacques Chapdelaine, he took over – he took, over his coach. he took over no, his coach. He took over his coach last year. No, that was 2017. And he went 0-7. Yeah, for the last seven games. Yeah. But if you look at him as administrator, he was special team coordinator in 16, and in 17 he was the intern head coach. Yeah. And and oh, administer. He was the GM from 2016 to present. So he took over from when Jim Pop got fired in 2016. Yeah, that was midway through the season. So yeah. last year and this year were full seasons. He has a record of eight wins and 28 losses. And you're bringing him back? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sense there. The guy that I, got rid I of all their, I'm not seeing well, he it. He got rid of all their draft picks, and then had to trade away everybody because of too money. They were way over the salary cap. Now, is it not hilarious if uh, Montreal Alouettes are over the salary cap at the end of the season and they lose their number one draft pick? <laughs> Who yeah. thought it? Just another mark on KB3. Hell, they might give him a bonus for that. Yeah, but they've traded their number one draft pick. Does that mean that whoever's got it loses it? Hamilton Tiger Cats lose it? Well, that's a good question. I I don't know. That's a good point. You've traded it away, and now you lose it. Oh, KB3 lost it long ago. Um, yeah, but you, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good that's weird. I maybe uh, it goes to the next time he has a first round pick. Maybe he loses that one because that maybe. wouldn't be fair to punish another team. I I understand, but are you punishing the other team? You're punishing Montreal, who traded it. Yeah, but that's weird. I don't know. That's odd. You know, just, you know, if you bought a General Motors car and the car gets recalled, just because you sold it doesn't mean it doesn't get recalled anymore. No, I guess that's true. Hmm. It's de- definitely a little scary. Okay. Anyhow. Real quick, Mark, do you have anything to say? No, there's nothing much else I could add to that. It's pretty obvious. It's just a huge mistake. Yeah. Okay, Will, anything here? Anything to add? Yeah, Montreal just threw more gas on the dumpster fire. <laughs> I think they're a tire fire. I think it's elevated a little bit from a dumpster to a full-fledged 120-acre tire fire. Okay, I'm going to wrap this show up. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 297. Your host, Christopher Jones, and that is the end of this show, and we'll be back to you guys. Hey, just a quick question. i got 60 seconds left in the show here. Do you guys want to do the next show on Wednesday night, knowing that the games aren't till Sunday, or do you want to do it like Friday night or Saturday night or Thursday or later on, or when do you want to do the next show? 
The only night that's not really good for me is Friday. Well, what do you got to say? Thursdays. I'm 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 indifferent open to anything. I'm Mark, indif- what do you yeah, do? doesn't matter. What do you got to say? Thursday or Friday is fine for me. Thursday I think Thursday is a good. Uh, Okay, we're going to do it Thursday night, not Wednesday night. Okay, guys, everybody get okay. back. we got Sounds 17 good. seconds left of the show. Everybody say good night. Charles, go quick. Good night. That was quick. Mark. Good, quick. Good night, everybody. For one last time, BC sucks. Well, well no, die. Good night, everybody. Well,